You are listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, where we bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. Woody, I know, I know, I know, I I know people are tired of this topic. I mean, we've got the election going on. That's big news, and it's dominating everything. I get it, Woody. I get it. But, you know, when a politician comes out, Woody, and says something like this, well, we got to talk about it, and we got to fight back, because this, this is ridiculous. That's what you choose not to do as what you do do that will determine what happens here in our beloved hometown. The choices between us are stark, between health and sickness, between care and apathy, and yes, between life and death for too many of the people that we love. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering. And following our targeted safer at home order, if you're able to stay home, that's what you choose not to do as what you do do that will determine. And that Woody is the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Scaredy Pants. Yes, Eric Scaredy Pants, mayor of Los Angeles, is telling you I guess this would be the constituents he has in Los Angeles, telling the great people of Los Angeles, cancel everything. That's right. Not just one thing. Cancel everything. On yesterday's show, I talked about um, another politician saying that, or actually an expert on CNN, saying, well, you got to cancel Christmas. You will have another Christmas next year. It'll be greater because, I don't know, because he didn't really say because, I guess because, well... He thinks Biden will be the president of the United States, and that'll be a great Christmas. But this guy, the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Scaredy Pants, wants you to cancel everything. Don't leave your home. Don't leave your home. Forget the fact that John Hopkins spiked a story that showed you that, you know, COVID deaths aren't really kind of all over the place, and heart disease is down, cancer is down, COVID deaths, oh, no, they're they're. Wait a minute, they just replaced heart disease and cancer. But overall deaths in America are not up. Weird that, isn't it? The bodies aren't falling from the trees because that's the way they make it sound. But cancel everything, Woody. So I know, I know people are tired. But when you come to me and you are going to tell me to cancel everything, I'm going to have a little bit of an issue with that. So no, no, no. And then this. Uh, this from the statesman.com uh, out of Texas. Austin mayor stressed residents need to stay home. Austin mayor stressed. What is with these mayors? Man, they're really power hungry. Stressed residents need to stay home. Uh, Austin mayor Steve Alder warns residents our numbers are increasing. We need to stay home if you can. This is not time to relax. In a video posted November 9th to Facebook, while he was vacationing in Cabo. That's right. That's right. That's right. Austin Mayor, he tells you, stay home. Stay home. Stay home. It's not safe, people. Numbers are rising. Meanwhile, he's in Cabo uh, having a vacation. Lovely. Weather is beautiful in Cabo this time of the year, I'm sure. Actually, the weather in Austin is beautiful this time of year, too. But anyway... 
I mean, the hypocrisy of the left knows no bounds. Got one mayor telling me to stay home or one mayor telling me to stay home while he's in Cabo and the other mayor saying, cancel everything. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Cancel everything. Look, I'm not saying COVID-19 is not a, a virus. I am not saying it's a virus. Of course it exists. There, I'm not a denier on that, but I am saying the um, panic porn in this is just a bit much. I'm sorry. It just is. I don't trust any of these numbers. I, I, I mean, you can go to the U.S. death rate, which is a static number. What do I mean by static? I don't mean it stays still. I know that's what people think a static is. It's an, and maybe I'm using the wrong phrase. I'm sure one of you leftists will correct me. But it just means that it's a number that is just a reported real number, just number deaths. Forget what those deaths were. If we had an epidemic in this country and COVID-19 was killing our citizens, 266,000, I think CNN has said, because they have this graphic up on every shot they have. And again, the CNN expert tells you to cancel Christmas. Um, if, if this is true, that COVID is an epidemic, pandemic, it's killing people, they're dying in the streets. Well, then we, had, we would have an increase in overall deaths, and we simply do not. This from the Mail Online. U.S. records its highly daily COVID death toll ever. 3,157 people died from the virus yesterday, eclipsing previous records by 20%. An L.A. purge, uh, or as L.A. plunges into lockdown, CDC warns against Christmas travel. And Biden says 250,000 more will die by January. That's the headline. That's the headline. Is there not any panic in that? 250,000 will die by January. Here we are, first week of December, and in a month, 250,000 people were going to die? Let's, let's do some math on that. This is, like, amazing. Now, I'm going to, you know, the, the left wants you to believe that we're going to have 8,333 on average, on average, people dying every day. Now, I guess what they mean is some days 20,000, 30,000 will die. Now, I'm not trying to minimize the deaths that have happened with COVID-19. But here's another little thing, is the death rate typically goes up this time of year. See, so what they're doing is they're, utilize, they're, they're, they're messing with the numbers. The numbers go up at the end of the year. It just happens. We're in flu season, so hospitals, more ho people go to the hospital. Typically, what you see this time of the year is you see number of deaths go up and you see hospitalizations go up because we're in the season. But you're going to try to tell me that this is a this is a just a tragedy. People are dying. Two hundred fifty thousand more will die. And, and you stay home, cancel everything. I'm going to vacation in Cabo, but you stay home. And uh, the death rate, by the way, hasn't changed. Uh, the death rate is flat to 2019. Um, so I'm supposed to I'm supposed to panic. I'm supposed to just go. Oh gosh, no! Like I'm uh, cancel everything and live my life and inside my home. Now, if I don't work inside my home, I don't work. I guess that's that's going to be a bit of a problem for some people. So, you know, I guess they're just going to have to go without money because the Democrats, uh, 
are holding up any kind of solution. Of course, they blame Trump for any kind of stimulus. Now, the Democrats now have announced they're going to, uh, there is, I think, a $900 billion stimulus package that they're working on, and it won't give anybody money up front because, you know, they were talking about $1,200. Everybody gets $1,200. And now it'll be back to what it was, $300 a week, I believe, in unemployment assistance. That's their economic plan, the Democrats. So all these people who, are, who can't, I mean, go to work, well, they're devastated. I mean, the, rec- the number of restaurants that are closing is just uh, at a, I mean, a record high. And the Democrats want you to believe you're all going to die. If you catch this virus, you're going to die. The survival rate is like 99.98%, ladies and gentlemen. The death rate of COVID, even if you take all of the numbers, and they're all COVID, the 266,000, the death rate divided into the number of citizens in the United States of America is like 0.000751. But you're all going to die. Now, this explains why they're doing it. Republican senators find body bags and anti-Trump messages on their doorsteps. This is from uh, the Western Journal. Republican senators, uh, Jack Davis, who wrote this December 12, December 2, I'm sorry. Uh, so I want to make sure I give Jack some credit. Uh, Republican senators who have rejected COVID relief packages that are the brainchild of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi were targeted in a protest Tuesday in which body bags were left at their doors. Senate Majority Mitch McConnell and Senator Susan and Colin of Maine, James Inhofe of Oklahoma, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina were the focus of the protest. At each senator's Washington, D.C. area residence, protesters dragged body bags from a truck and dumped them out front. Many body bags bore signs that said Trump, COVID, death. So you see what's happening here? What they're doing, the left, because the left have absolutely just no morals. They don't care uh, what's right and what's wrong. They only care about what they're doing, what they want, what their, their power. That's all they care about. They only care about their agenda. And their agenda right now is to get Biden over that threshold. See, they, they want you to sh- sit down and shut up in this election. So what better way to do it than instill more fear? Is it any, is it any wonder to, you, to everybody that the COVID death rhetoric uh, with the infection rhetoric has changed by the way because it was the infection the rhetoric was the number of infections but that wasn't working because their death is final and you know death is a little more emotional so now they got to give you this number of 250,000 will die let me throw some body bags on your your porch because they, they haven't been getting people's attention and is it any wonder that this is happening during this election process right now I mean, it ramp, the rhetoric was ramping up prior to election. They used, the Democrats used COVID to knock Trump out. That's their goal. COVID was all they had. That was it. If it wasn't for COVID, if this was never unleashed on America from China, yes, from China, this Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, Kung flu, all those things. If this never happened, Trump, we wouldn't be having this election issue right now. Trump would have easily, even with all the fraud, easily, easily one re-election. But now <clears throat> the Americans, oh, Americans, uh, patriotic Americans, are saying, wait a minute. Something doesn't smell right here. There seems to be a lot of irregularities in this voter stuff. I, I, I mean, 
um, I'm questioning it now. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I, want, I want answers. I want to know what's going on. So the left have to ramp up the rhetoric of COVID. It, it's, it's been their, their tool, their hammer to hit you on the head, to get you to sit down and shut up. So they, there they go. They're doing it again. So the left are using COVID deaths. They're using the deaths of these families for political expediency. That's right. They're using the tragedies of families losing people to this horrible virus. And it is a horrible virus. Don't get me wrong. But again, you know, I don't believe in the, the number the media wants us to believe. You know, see, the CDC did a report a while back that 94% of the COVID deaths had two and a half underlying conditions other than COVID, like heart disease, cancer. And then we see this... Um, article coming out of John Hopkins by one of their PhD students who crunched the numbers and basically said, how come heart diseases are down, cancers are down, COVID is the, and the number of COVID deaths kind of offset all those other numbers that are down. And then they, you know, the media doesn't touch that. They, they, they didn't touch that, that Johns Hopkins spiked that report. The media stayed away from that. And the media also is staying away from those uh, reported numbers of actual deaths in 2020 uh, are not uh, spiking over 2019. I think the increase in deaths in 2020 over 2019 is 0.012, and that's what the increase in deaths from 2018 to 2019 was 0.012. So we haven't seen an increase in deaths in 2020 over 2019 that isn't normal. Normal, you know, here's what happens people are born, people die. It's the nature of the world, right? So, you know, when you got pe more people born, more people die, the numbers move a little bit. And historically, you see more people are dying from a previous year because, well, you don't have as many births, birth rates down. So anyway, the media now is blowing up COVID deaths and sending you to the hills and you should panic, 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 panic. But this from the Washington Examiner, this Christy Nome. I love Christy Nome. I think she is like, well, she's my favorite governor right now. Um, she, she's the governor of South Dakota. I mean, this woman is, uh, gosh, she's just amazing. I love this woman. Christy Nome slams CBS for misleading report on strained hospitals treating virus patients. 40% of our beds are empty. So this is from uh, Emma Colton on December 2nd out of the Washington Examiner. South Dakota Governor Christine Ohm hit back against the CBS report claiming hospitals in the state are strained due to an increase in coronavirus hospitalizations. More misleading reporting from CBS. There are 547 people statewide in the hospital in South Dakota with COVID. That's less than 20% of those hospitalized Nelson, uh, 20% of those hospitalized. Nearly 40% of our beds are empty, the South Dakota Republican tweeted Tuesday. Our doctors and nurses are doing an outstanding job taking care of those who need extra care, Noam added. So I thought the, I thought the hospitals were uh, strained. Here's what CBS Evening News said. Hospitals strained. South Dakota and Indiana have the highest rates of COVID-19 hospitalizations per capita nationwide. And Christy Noam has come out and said, whoa, whoa, back up, back up. That'd be some bull feathers right there. I love this governor. Christy Noam is not afraid to stand up 
to the media and tell it like it is because we cannot get our news from the mainstream media anymore. So a little bit of panic going on with the old coronavirus stuff because that's what the media does. They want you to fear this so you sit down and shut up. They don't want you thinking for yourselves. They want you in full-on panic mode when it comes to coronavirus. And it's absolutely it's despicable. It really is that the media does this. I would wish the media would just report the news. But you know what the media does? The media, the media plots the news. They don't report the news. They plot the news. They get they sit down and they plot what those stories are going to be about. They plot the narrative. They say what they're not going to talk about and they say what they are going to talk about and what and what is the narrative and what's the outcome. You don't believe me? You don't believe me that the media plots their stories? I mean, because they, they, they don't report stories. And I'm talking about the mainstream media. They literally get together in conference calls and plot the stories. And you're going to sit here and try to tell me they haven't plotted this COVID-19 story. Oh, they have. They've plotted, they plotted the election. They plotted the COVID-19. But the question my wife always asks me is why, why do they do this? And you know, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I believe, and I, and I can only go by what I believe. And there's been some studies on this that um, it's because they have such a leftist bent that whatever the, Democrats tell them to report, they report. 95% of all journalists vote Democrat. And there's been studies that have shown, there's this report I read many years ago, that the reason that journalists get into journalism is they believe they can change the world. So if you go into an industry that reports news, believing what you do can change the world, well, aren't you going to, gravitate toward changing the world with what you believe your ideologies so if all of these journalism journalists are left leaning then they're going to try and attempt and sometimes subconsciously change the world to their ideologies i mean that's logical right now how Wait a minute, you said that the media plots. That's right, Woody. I said plots. They don't report because Woody went, oh, wait a minute, plots? Yeah, they plot stories. And how do I know that? Well, recently, <laughs> James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas has uh, been running a sting operation with CNN for a couple of months now. Have you heard about this? <laughs> this is some great stuff. So over at Project Veritas, they have infiltrated... <laughs> Uh, CNN's Monday 9 a.m. conference calls. And they, for two months running, Project Veritas has been on the morning conference calls with CNN's Jeff Zucker. Jeff Zucker is the the head of CNN. I don't know exactly what his title is, but he's the guy who runs the show. He is the guy. He's the top guy at CNN. So apparently, allegedly, you know, they have these 9 a.m. editorial phone calls, editorial phone calls. And <laughs> James O'Keefe and his crew uh, somehow, and he didn't explain how, he's gotten in on them. He's been listening and recording them for months <laughs> two months so on december 1 he broke with the story and here he is actually 
on one of those calls and announces himself to Jeffrey Zucker. Take a listen to this. You're unmuted. Hey, Jeff Zucker, are you there? Hey, yes. this is James O'Keefe. Uh, we've been listening to your CNN calls for basically two months, uh, recording everything. Um, just wanted to ask you some questions if you have a minute. Um, do you still feel you're the most trusted name in news? Because I have to say, from what I've been hearing on these phone calls, I don't know about that. I mean, we got a lot of recordings that indicate you're not really that uh, independent of a, of a journalist. Okay. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, your comments. Um, so, everybody, in light of that, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll set up a, a, a new system and we'll uh, we'll be back with you. We'll do the rest of the call uh, a little bit later. We're going to okay. release those recordings today at, at 7 o'clock. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. So, um... <laughs> Oh man, that's some good stuff. <laughs> that is some good stuff. So he uh, he comes out with it. And I wonder why he waited for two months. And then there's no telling what he has on these calls. We're going to find out. And I'm going to play a couple of them for you right now. But oh my God. So this is how we know. This is how we know that the media plots the news. Now I know the uh, incubator here or the, the Petri dish is just CNN. But I mean, this is indicative of what news organizations do. They don't report the news. They plot the news. Listen to this recording they released. When did they release this one? They released this, I guess, yesterday. Uh, and basically, this is the senior vice president uh, Cynthia, at Cynthia CNN. I don't know her last name. Uh, she demeans, marginalizes a community, a whole community. Um, she states that she's terrified, terrified that Cubans support Trump. That's right. Terrified that Cubans support Trump. The Cubans are going to vote for Trump, and that's terrifying, she says. I have to say, they're a population that's very attracted to bullies. Uh, listen, I, I'm not making this up. Listen to her say it. One of the senior vice president of CNN, Cynthia Hudson, recorded on Jeff Zucker's 9 a.m. telephone call at CNN. The reason the Cubans voted for Trump is because they're attracted to bullies. Check this out. Trump has used the communism, socialism uh, uh, rhetoric as part of his uh, hook for the Cubans in Miami, how that has resonated and how the Biden, uh, the Biden team has not done enough to counter that. This is all that, that the only reason they are supporting Trump is because of that narrative. And that narrative and the fact that, <laughs> sadly, I have to say, And the narrative, by the way, is that Biden is a socialist. So uh, this was on 9-9 of 2020. And did you hear that? They, they weren't reporting the news. They said, no, 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 no. The, the, the Cubans, well, they like bullies. It's not bigotry when they do it. They like bullies. They just, they're attracted to that bully. And we've got to do, a, we've got to do something to counter that narrative because them voting for Trump is terrifying. This is the news media. This is a mainstream news outlet, CNN. Millions of people watch CNN. Why? I don't know. Maybe for the entertainment value. But did you hear that? This is the media plotting them. One is they denigrated a whole population. The Cubans, they're attracted to bullies. Um, 
I, I used to live in Fort Lauderdale, South, South Florida. Uh, Cuban culture is wonderful culture, by the way. The food, the Cuban coffee, Cafe Cubano, oh, man, is that some good stuff. Oh, man. And I have a very good friend who fled Cuba. And I remember at a Christmas party one time, him, I, and somebody else were talking, and somebody brought up uh, Cuba. And I forget what they said, but it it triggered him in that he said his eyes deepened uh his or his look deepened his his jaw clenched and his body stiffened he goes they're it's tyranny what they're doing in my country is tyranny and he went in and explained how people are prisoned beaten killed and that basically it ended with him saying cuba is a prison it is a prison and this lady is trying to say that the Cuban population is attracted to bullies. Lady, the Cuban population escaped tyranny. They know what it is. They know what socialism means. They've lived it. But she doesn't care about that. What terrifies her is the Cubans are going to vote for Trump. And that, by the way, is why. That is absolutely why they did not win in florida so uh i got one more clip that i'll play uh and then we'll go ahead wrap this up and this is uh, again another one from project veritas the hunter biden story was an explosive blow against joe biden leading up to the presidential election but listen on this 9 a.m editorial conference call at cnn how president jeff zucker chooses to not cover this important story i think uh on the Breitbart, New York Post, Fox News, rabbit hole of Hunter Biden, which I don't think anybody outside of that world understood last night. The Wall Street Journal reported that uh, their review of all corporate records so, showed no role for Joe Biden uh, on, the, um, uh, uh, on the Chinese deal. And yes, I do put more credibility in the Wall Street Journal than I do in the New York Post. Um, obviously, uh, we're not going with the uh, New York Post story uh, right now on Hunter Biden, and uh, which seems to be uh, giving its marching orders to Fox News and the right-wing echo chamber about what to uh, talk about today. Obviously, Hunter Biden's lawyer is quoted in that New York uh, Post piece, and we'll just continue to report out this is the very stuff that the president was impeached over. This is the stuff that Senate committees looked at and found nothing wrong in uh, Joe Biden's uh, interactions uh, with Ukrainians and and uh, now having an email that uh, perhaps there was a meeting with someone uh, from Burisma is, uh, uh, it seems, uh, Rudy Giuliani's sort of dream of vision of, of how to throw stuff at the wall in these closing days of the campaign. Hey, Jeff, it's just David on the Burisma story, and we should be awfully careful about that, obviously. But I do think there's a media story of what in the world are uh, Maggie Haberman and uh, the first guy talking was Jeff Zucker, obviously. Then it was David or David Shalane. Uh, he's the political director. You've seen him on TV quite a bit. And the third guy talking was David, I think, Vigianti. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, but he's the VP and general counsel. And he's questioning why these other reporters even mentioned the story. One of them was Maggie Haberman. Maggie Haberman is a White House correspondent of the New York Times.
And the other person that he mentioned, why they're even tweeting about this story, Jake Sherman, is the political playbook director. He works for Politico. So they, they were like, wow, why are these other journalists even tweeting about this story? And, you know, they just want to report what the Biden team wants them to report, not what actually happened. So this is a perfect example of what James O'Keefe has uncovered that shows you that the media does not report stories. They plot stories. It's despicable. And, and now go back to what's going on with the scamdemic. That's right. It is not a pandemic. It is a scandemic. And the media is in cahoots with our leftist politicians to scare you, to scare you into canceling everything, not just one thing. Remember, Mayor Scaredy Pants in L.A., Eric Scaredy Pants, cancel everything. That's his quote. Cancel everything. Another CNN expert comes out and says, oh, we're going to have to cancel Christmas this year, uh, but don't worry. Next year, we can celebrate Christmas. Yeah, they plot the news. They don't report the news. James O'Keefe, he has been recording them for two months. I cannot wait to hear some of what we're going to find out about CNN and their morning briefings. <laughs> I think this is delicious. I love this. I think they need to be exposed. Uh, now, the other media outlets will most likely protect them because the media, they do protect each other. Even Fox News has come out and have um, defended CNN. Uh, there's no defense to this. Jeffrey Sucker, by the way, who is the uh, man in charge of CNN right now, his contract is coming due, and there is no talk, there's been no talk for his contract to be renewed, so chances are uh, he will no longer be at CNN in the coming months. Don't know when that's going to happen, and there's also rumors that AT&T, the parent company who owns CNN, wants to shed some assets, and, that's, and this is rumors, so don't take it for face value, but that uh, AT&T is rumored that they are wanting to shed an asset, one of those assets being CNN, another far-fledged rumor out there, and if they come to fruition, we'll definitely tell you here on the PBL broadcast is that Jeff Bezos uh, may be interested in purchasing CNN. And that, this is one of those things I just said to you that I don't want you to believe. That's right. I don't want you to believe it. I don't want you to go out there and run to the water cooler and say, did you hear Jeff Bezos is going to buy CNN? There's no validity to that. There's no facts. I should say validity. I mean, it's rumors, it's conjecture. It's one that we need to research and follow and watch. And if it does happen, well, it's just not going to be a surprise, is it? So anyway, thank you for listening to this segment of the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. And that's right. It originated as a podcast. So you wonderful, wonderful leftists out there, when I'm looking at my computer, I'm not reading notes. I'm reading stories and I'm reading articles, by the way, because I want to make sure that I get it right. And, you know, I'm not like Joe Biden where I have a monitor up here and I could just look at it and read it without knowing really what's on it and flub some words and say, you know, palmist instead of psalm. But anyway, uh, this is real. Uh, we're not faking it here. We're we're bringing it to you raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. The PBL Podcast. Again, please do uh, visit our website, thepblpodcast.com. Our social media links are there. There is a TikTok one there. Don't click on that. They banned me. And uh, But please do click on the YouTube one and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Even if you are not a YouTube watcher, 
It's okay. Just subscribe. It'll help with the algorithm because remember, life is not the matrix. It's an algorithm. And again, if you're listening to it on Apple iTunes, give us a five-star rating and subscribe to us there as well and help us with the algorithm. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of PBO Podcast Politics and Brown Records.